finally, we finally got to hear everybody play outdoors. Yeah, it was a good uh, refreshing change of venue from last weekend being in the Alamo Dome versus having everybody outside, a little bit drier. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. I had no idea. Like, I got to your house and you, the stream was already on and I was like, where the hell are they? Yeah, and I guess that's the Alamo, or the new Georgia Dome, whatever it's going to be called, is not done yet. I guess that was the plan originally to have it there, but I figured when I heard that a while back that they were going to have it at the new venue that that, wouldn't, that wasn't going to work out. I was like, mm, I don't think they're going to be done. But it was nice. I was glad it was outside. Nothing, nothing could hide. No groups hid. You could hear everything on the stream. We streamed that in 4K, right? Or was that not? I think it was just 1080. Uh, good enough. Whatever. whatever. It's, uh, stuff sounded great. We heard everything that was good, and on the flip side, everything that was bad. And there was a lot of stuff that was bad, along with a lot of stuff that was very good. But so just just to start, well, first I'll introduce the podcast again, like I always should do. Uh, welcome everybody. It's episode five of the Aged Out podcast with Mike Fantini, and sitting next to me as always, Evan Worrell. And yeah, we just got done watching the Atlanta Regional. I guess if you want to call it a regional. Yeah, I don't... There were like six groups missing. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. I mean, usually the Atlanta regional is everyone, like top to bottom. Just like San Antonio last weekend, every single core was there. Every world-class core was there. And we're like sitting there watching and we're looking at the schedule and we're like, where's Crossman? Where are the Colts? Where's the the Madison Scouts? Troopers are gone. Mandarins are gone. Yeah, it's like... I think it was six total groups that weren't there. Didn't I don't know what the heck was going. Maybe it was a, a time frame thing. Maybe it was just a show site space issue. I don't know. But it was definitely awesome having that show outside instead of in another dome. Yeah, I remember right away we were watching, I think... Uh, Seattle Cascades. Yeah, Seattle Cascades was the first group that we caught. And just noticing like the tuning and the clarity and how well and articulate you could hear just not only just the snare drums but the other voices in the battery and percussion sections um just having that dry atmosphere without the dome and the boominess of like man you can just hear everything this sounds wonderful yep it was great felt like i was there probably obviously wasn't the same as being there but it was way better than watching it stream from a dome for sure and i remember you said too like man i'm excited for to hear like the rest of the groups, because Cascades, they sounded really good. I was like, this is what... Yeah, like Oregon Crusaders, like Cascades. 13th, 14th place groups are sounding like, man, this is going to be a good night. And something I saw from those groups that I really liked was they weren't... Tr- they weren't... The books weren't overwritten. So they played well still. Like, they were playing a lot of that stuff pretty well. I mean, granted, again, the difficulty of the content in their book wasn't on par with the cadets crown blue devils but they were it was an achievable book like obviously those members are probably more inexperienced and younger but they were still able to play it well which was great to hear like i'm i hate seeing younger groups just reaching for the stars and you do have to have a certain you do have to have stuff in your book that people have to reach for so you don't make it too easy so they don't get bored but i felt like the difficulty level was probably right where it needed to be cuz there were still some gray moments and stuff that wasn't clean but a lot of it just sounded really solid from those like cascades oregon crusaders um yeah it was just i was really happy to see that all right see here you want to kind of move through the recap bottom yeah. to top or let's do it from top to bottom top to bottom let's go from top to bottom right. on the recap from last night top to bottom overall or top to bottom percussion 
Uh, just percussion. Just percussion? I don't give right. a crap who won. <laughs> well, I do. Well, but... actually, we are going to talk about that at the end of this, but <laughs> let's start with percussion scores. Yeah, so overall, best percussion last night by about .3, almost. A little bit under that. Santa Clara Vanguard. 100% agree. Yeah, they were phenomenal. Like, anything we said last on the last one about them, the snare line, having seemingly like a little bit of a rough, hitting a rough patch of the summer... It might have just been a bad run because they sounded incredible. Like the outdoors venue did nothing but help that group because it was phenomenal. Those guys threw down. The clarity, the ensemble timing front to back, just everything, the balance of like the battery sections to the front ensemble. I was just like, man, they are, they're jamming. Yes. I mean, the quad line, their, their quad line is phenomenal, I think. Now, I don't know, would you put, would you compare them to BD's quad line? You think they're as good as BD's quad line or better? I think they're, I think they're just as good. It's just kind of wild because the difference in technique and like the difference in like musical, I guess content is so much uh-huh. different. Um, BD I think is always just has like things that they do that no one else can do. But now on the flip side of that too, Vanguard's quad line, the way they play and their technique and the style, they kind of like flow and just like mm-hmm. slide and glide across the drums, and I'm just like, wow, that's. Looks they awesome. play their features and it gets done and I just laugh because I have no idea what rhythms they just played, but it was perfect, <laughs> but it was really, really good. So I, I think we both agree Vanguard should have easily been in first by, I was glad it was more than just point one because I felt like they were head and shoulders above everybody else last night. Agreed. Very much agree. And also like, just to kind of segue from them into the Blue Devils who finished second and per, and drums last night and percussion caption. Uh, I thought I'm not, I'm all right with Blue Devils being in the two spot. I thought that they played great. I thought that all their exposed moments, I was like, man, they just they nailed that. And you know, from listening to our previous episodes, we're not the biggest BD fans. No. Um, but we were sitting there, we were like listening, waiting for something to be like, oh, there it is, BD just threw that away. Yeah. Typical, <laughs> typical. But every exposed moment was great. Um, even the 18 snare drum stuff at the beginning. Now that's I'm pretty sure that's always going to be gray, and what we mean by gray is just unbalanced. Just because um, there's so many of them. There's 18 of them, there's and the guys on them. either end of the snare line, like, I mean, on when we had Aaron Bailey on, Aaron was on the end of an 11 man snare line. We talked about I was on the end of a 10 man, and that was hard enough. Having 18 of them, like, just the pure physics involved of yeah. like sounds traveling together, sound waves like, and everything, difficult to probably never be. 100% but, clear. But. but rhythmically, all of that 18 snare drum stuff was good rhythmically. It's the 16 only, snare drums. It's 18. I think pretty sure it's No, 16. it's 18. Because they break off in pods of 8 and 8. Well. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Either way, there's a <laughs> lot of snare drums. There's and that's a, a lot, lot of them. On snare drums. It's a lot of vibrating snare strands. <laughs> but um, yeah, I but I think that they deserve that two spot. But... The difference for me between them and Vanguard is just Vanguard has more. It's just like all the time. It's just like they're just throwing notes at your face and it's great. Yeah, BD picks and chooses their spots, which is what they've always done and what a lot of groups do. They, they'll play when they aren't exposed. The d- difficulty of the book typically goes way down uh, because they're not like the only thing going on. But man, when they have those exposed moments, they're playing stuff harder than just about anybody. Yeah. And they're doing it really, really well. Like, people talk about, like, those wow moments, those feature moments. And I just think Vanguard has more of them, and they're all 
really good. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of separates them. All right, dropping down here in our third spot. Uh, third in percussion last night was, or I guess now, yeah, now it's last night. Yeah, this is <laughs> and, the morning after. Uh, it would have been Bluecoats. I was happily surprised because I didn't think they had a good run last week in San Antonio, but some of that could have been attributed to streaming it over the internet plus a dome. So they had a lot of moments that sounded really good. Yeah, they did. I thought they started strong, and I thought that they ended the show really strong. Yes. Um, the next couple of weeks for them will just be, I guess, getting out these Ricky Ticky moments, those like exposed moments, because they did have one exposed moment where it was just like, from our perspective, watching it sounded atrocious, and it was unfortunate because it was their big long drum feature where the snares start up on the prop. And, and that like, was great. And that was phenomenal. The add-in like, the add in on the prop was really, really good. They nailed it. And then they come down off the prop to the front of the field and the quads and bases are on either side. And they're like, that moment was really good. But as soon as they came forward off the prop, like... The balance just went. Somebody's head exploded. Like, not their yeah. drum head, but like their, their physical head on their shoulders like exploded. And like the balance went out of whack from section to section. Like the snares, within the snare line alone, like it just for the rest of it was just gray and muddy. And it was like, oh, but they're getting there. They're ma- they're getting there. And like yeah. Ben said, he compared this group to the Cavies 2011 and is hoping the same thing happens where all season they're off and on. The book's really hard. And as the season goes on, they just start nailing more and more phrases. And by finals, they just stuck with the approach. And by finals, they were just great and won a drum trophy. Yeah. So I don't know if they're on track to win a drum trophy. I think this book is more demanding than the Cavies book was in 2011 from a chops and just like yeah n- number of notes standpoint so that they're both extremely hard but just for different reasons I still I'm say not saying the Blue Coast book doesn't have space in it because it does Rarick writes write space but it's not the kind of it's not the kind of rhythmic weirdness in space that Mac can write sometimes yeah I still say that the pit for them is just unjudgeable like it's an unjudgeable ensemble yeah I was thinking about that last night because the judge can't stand in front of one section because you can't tell if they're playing together. It's like one marimba here, 15 yards apart, the next marimba in a vibe or something, or like a rack in a marimba there. Yeah, like, they're so far apart. And if you're in the box judging, you may hear it coming through like the speakers, electronics and stuff. But at the same time, it almost seems like a, a cop-out to me because it's like you have all of these marimbas and vibes and stuff and you have them sampled and coming through the, the PA and the, the speakers. But like are all four of them balanced equally and are all four of them being put through the monitors equally? One would hope. Maybe they are. I would hope so. But, like, who knows? And usually you rely on the field judge to get that other perspective of, like, oh, yeah, the clarity's here, but he can't really do that because they're so far spread apart. Yeah. So I still think that that front is it's an unjudgeable product, in my opinion. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. They definitely upped their game from last weekend to this weekend. So probably, had, sure. probably yep. had a good rehearsal week. And uh, I agree. it was good to see. All right. Takes us into our overall four spot for percussion, which was the Cavaliers. Again, they're just They're solid. good. Yeah, they're solid. That quad feature was cool as hell, though. Yeah. When they spin the drums around, they played that really well. They played it well. Didn't see a, hear a single rim. Like I said last week, I'm a fan of their drum line this year. Yeah. I think they're very good. They're getting better every every time I see them. They're better than the last time I, I saw them. Their front ensemble still blows my mind. If I'm being honest, 
I'm surprised they didn't beat the Bluecoats in progression. Um, that kind of surprised me. My my prediction before the recap cap the recap excuse me came out um, was that it'd be Vanguard, BD, Cavies, Crown. The order of Cavies and Crown would be I didn't know who would Three, be third four, or fourth, and Bluecoats would be in fifth. That was my prediction, just based on what I heard. But obviously they saw uh, who was the judge. Do we know? Uh, mm. Well, there's two judges. You had. Uh... Mike Leitsky on the field judging, and I'm going to butcher this last name, uh, Romanowski in the box probably judging. That's usually the way they label it on the recap. Usually Did the placings the... match up between field and and box? So, well, actually, Mike had Bluecoat second on the field, which I don't agree with. That I don't agree with, no. Uh, and then he had BD third on the field hmm. and Crown Cavaliers fifth and Crown fourth. So... Crown Cavaliers, I kind of yeah, I would could flip flop either way for me as far as overall placement. I think both are doing really well, and I like Crown's book better than I like Cavaliers' book. I still hate this snare split. Like it sounds, oh it sounds like crap. On it the, just does, man. No matter when you hear it, it just sounds, it just sounds bad. It's just not even all the when time. It, even when it's in there and the split is perfect, you can still hear the little imperfections in the drums, and everybody is is hitting the drum with a little bit different stick velocity and hands way different amounts and the weight behind the strokes different like it's i don't know why you do it yeah it's still it's, and it sounded worse outside than it did it inside because it's all dry and it did sound worse to me outside than uh, inside and they played it i feel like they played it rhythmically well like i think it's just set up to not not sound good i don't know all right so going from cavaliers to crown which crown finished fifth in percussion um they got dogged a little bit yeah i think they got dogged i mean I they, they got a, well. they got fifth and from the box judge and I'm just like really because like the box judge is like always talking about I guess alignment and front to back and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing falls into that responsibility and I don't think they have a I don't think they have the fifth place what were the what were the the content scores uh crown actually got third in content on the field see that makes sense and then fourth in clarity or achievement on the field but then the box judge just had on fifth across the board and I'm just like "Mm, that's weird really like fifth like I don't know. I think they're better than both cabbies and bluecoats on any average night. They, again, we weren't on the field. They might have had a bad run. That can happen. But I feel like that 3-4-5 spot, those those are the three groups that should be in that spot. Yeah. And maybe on any given night, the order of those three groups could yeah. switch just based on who the – like. I think Vanguard and BD have established themselves as the top two. And then three, four, and five are those three groups. So I agree with the three groups that are in there. Just the order of them in that little bracket didn't make sense to me. And I think that'll be interesting, too, to watch that one unfold there. It's kind of like a competition within a competition. So, all right, moving down here, sixth spot, uh, the old BK, who, in my opinion, have one of the coolest uses of electronics in this summer. that snare solo where they have his drum mic'd is Awesome. And they're like change, bending the pitch and changing it. First off, that kid's a freak to be able to play singles that fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I don't know how he does that. And I've seen a couple guys within my drumming career that just have that twitch muscle in their hands and can just control boom, it and just, it's put, in just, there. Just knock out singles. But that is crazy. a really cool moment. Oh, yeah. From a design standpoint, from an effect standpoint, really well done and really cool. It's that show is kind of wild to me. Like you said this last night, it's almost uh, 
it's an indoor percussion show with horn accompaniment. Like it is. the whole like beginning half of the it show is. is just drums up front it and like is. the brass behind. Them. It's drumline and friends. Drumline and friends. Yeah, that's what that's what their show is. It it's is. cool. They're good. It's good. It's entertaining. They do it really well. It's um, cool for us as drummers. Oh, for sure. <laughs> we're just like, oh yeah, uh, horn players. Might see not. that drill on their drill chart, and you're like, oh, we're gonna be up front for the whole show. All right, yeah, sign me up. Perfect. It's like a we get to do indoor drumline, not in a box. Yeah, exactly. Outside on a football field. And they have some really good moments. I Their drums sound a little wet sometimes. I think that kind of muddies the the clarity to where like those Mapex drums are just really just thick on the bottom head. Sounds can like, be, I don't yeah. Know. Can be. So, but they had a great run. Yep. I, I enjoy the show. It's definitely innovative. Bringing us down to our seventh spot. Making uh, me sound like an idiot over and over again on these uh, things. The holy name shall always oh, be? Question mark? Uh, I guess. Yeah, they... I don't know, man. Last week, they got seventh in drums at San Antonio. The cadets did. And I didn't buy it. I was like, no way, no way, no way. They played really well. They played, even in the dome, sounded great. And this week... Just made all three of us sound like a bunch of idiots. But that's all right. Talking on that podcast from from post San Antonio because the drums didn't sound the same. Now, granted, outside versus inside. Maybe know. they're tuning for inside. I don't know. Who knows? But they sounded really wet. Like they might have possibly done a head change really recently on the snare drums. Not a whole lot cut. Like a lot of it sounded muddy and gray and and just not. They had less stuff that sounded like it cut through than some of like those groups that like like Seattle Cascades or yeah. Crusaders. Like, like granted their books way harder than those groups. Yeah. But it's close. We know it's possible, like it's like, uh, do we give them the benefit of the doubt? Not really in my opinion. Because Not we're outside and other groups had gone before them and stuff, no matter where they were on the field, was picked up perfectly by the microphones and streamed over. And the there was other stuff in the cadet show that you're like, Oh, I can hear that crystal clear and then at other points you're like here when they came back in they're in the back they go behind the props in the back right of the field from the audience's perspective and then they come out and that's like that drum feature moving up the field yeah and they're ramming notes they nailed that last weekend and this weekend they they, they came in and it was just like gray and thick the entire time yeah i don't know if george didn't let the core sleep (laughs) and they were all really tired i don't know but that I'll feed you if you win tonight. Yeah, right? <laughs> you win percussion, you get food. Uh, well, then they didn't get food. Then they didn't get food, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they should be in seventh. Based on the run last night, who was in eighth? Dude, eighth was Phantom, and I could argue that Phantom uh, sounded way better than Cadets did. That's why I asked. I was like, wait a minute. Phantom was there, and I thought Phantom sounded really good. They had some, I mean, they had a couple gray moments, too, here and there, but like there, they also had moments where I was like, that's perfect. That's in there. Yep. They nailed that. And Phantom's show is aggressive. It's hard. They it might are, be a little too hard. Yeah, I think it's too for hard that core as for a the whole. core as a whole. Like, it's just, it's it's a challenge because they just go, go, go a lot of the time. Uh, but they're playing a lot of notes. It's fast. It's aggressive. And I dig that. Uh, they're going for it. So good for them. Yeah. I thought Phantom, yeah, like you said, you could make an argument that Phantom should have been above the cadets last night in percussion. Now, Stuff could have sounded better on the field. Was there a difference between like on-field judge and box judge for the cadets? Uh, see, cadets on-field got sixth, and, and the box got seventh. Um, 
Who'd they beat? Did they beat BK on the field? They beat BK on the field in achievement, but not in content. So he gave I mean, them the, the book they are ranging on the field. And actually, they were eighth. The cadets were eighth from the box from content standpoint behind Phantom. And so, that could be the front. Yeah, it could be like the front. Like we talked about last week, I haven't heard many good things about their front. They're just cadets, kind of, yeah. just kind of there. They don't do anything terrible, but they're not doing anything that's going to be like, wow, that's incredible. It's also such like a weird setup. They have like the 10 marimbas and 10 vibes and stuff. Yeah, I don't. And But they don't play them all at the same time all the time. And I think sometimes like when you do stuff that's really innovative and different like that, it's cool. But at the same time, it's like a risk of like, is the person judging going to pick up on what we're doing? Are they going to recognize this? Because you're giving them something to look at and listen to that they're not used to really judging so they're probably thinking like oh how do i judge this how do i read this what's yeah. the most effective way to to give this group a, a fair assessment but yeah i've not heard stellar things out of the uh the cadets old front ensemble there so phantom to recap that big run-on sentence we just spit out there cadets did not play very well it seemed um you i thought phantom played very well mm-hmm. like you said there were moments that like wow, that was perfect, and that wasn't an easy phrase either. They just nailed it. So good for them. Phantoms doing Shout really well. Shout out to Henry Iwinski nailing those uh, those upbeat singles. Yep, marching bass too. Yep, getting those in there. Good stuff. All right, moving down. So after eighth, we got our ninth place group, Blue Stars. Yes, nine does come after eight. <sighs> Every time, um, <laughs> Blue Stars holding down the nine spot, and. I think at the beginning of the year, I was just like, man, these, they sound so good. They, they're so balanced. They're so, they're, they sound so great already. The touch is great. But now I'm just like, it is a great touch, but maybe not for outdoor. I was really excited to get to see this group on the outdoor stage like this and be like, okay, the dome swallowed a bunch of sound. It always does. Whatever. I'm going to get to hear them and see if they really do play as softly or as quietly as as it seemed a week ago. And they do. Yep. They do. It is. Uh, even it is. even, ex- even exposed moments. Maybe the mics were a little, a little hot last night in the front. But even the percussion exposed moments like front and battery and the horns aren't playing. You still had trouble hearing their inner beats and stuff. You're like straining to hear. Like we're both sitting on the couch like reaching our head forward towards the sound bar on, on Evan's TV. Like, Shh, nobody talk. Yeah, everybody be quiet. We have to see if this is clean or not. And it's it was, I just, I think it's too soft. You just watch, you can watch them play. Like, I, don't, I think I rarely saw them play an accent over nine inches. And that's, that's not really a good indicator of the touch you play with, but it just kind of just goes to the whole, you can be a little more aggressive, guys. You can hit the drum a little harder. And drum. I think, yeah. So that's that's just that's a preference too because it is it is because some people you might ask might think they play phenomenally and this sounds great balance wise and and who knows maybe when we get to see them in person here in a couple of weeks at finals it will be it it will sound really well balanced live within the whole musical ensemble of that whole drum corps on the field but that's not coming across to us uh, watching it on on the flow marching stream. Definitely not. 
And they play well, too. Ben said it last week. They play really well. Um, I could just use a little more a little more oomph. A little velocity. Yeah. All right. Dropping down. 10 spot, the Academy by a hair. Uh, Wait, show. they were only barely behind Blue Stars? No, their show's called By a Hair. Oh. <laughs> They're actually a pretty good amount behind Blue Stars. Okay. I was like, yeah, they should not be on the same... It's just like hard for me to watch their drumline because I just don't like that show so much. I'm like, I, I get lost and tune out. I'm like, I, I don't like this show. Yeah. It's it's too cheesy for me. Like, I, I'm alright with cheesy and like quirky, but it's just... No. Duck season. Wabbit season. I kept waiting. Every time I watch that, I keep waiting for them to like have a surprise of where like a guard member is actually dressed up as Elmer Fudd. Kind of are. They are? Oh, oh no. Correction. I keep waiting for Daffy Duck to make an appearance. Oh, okay. Like they have the guard in rabbit costumes and they have like, I guess they have an Elmer Fudd-esque costume yeah, as well. Yeah, kind of. It's like, I keep waiting for the sign to get changed to duck season and like out of one of those stumps on the front sideline, have da- a Daffy Duck pop out. And like run across the field or something. And who knows, that might be their big surprise on finals night. Daffy Duck makes an appearance. I don't know if they're going to make finals. Is it well, <laughs> semi-finals night. Finals week, they're trying to throw it in there. Yeah. That extra umph. Yeah. But right now, I mean, they finished the, that show overall in like 11th. And Boston and Crossman weren't there who are both been beating them. And I think Scouts have Mandarins been beating them. Mandarins too. And Mandarins, yeah. So I think they're on the outside looking in for finals. but Possibly. All right. In 11th, percussion uh, and overall, Spirit of Atlanta. And I thought, I think, I still think that Spirit is just way better than they were last year. Like, yeah, they're not going to, like, go out and compete for, like, an upper level. But they had some moments where I was like, all right, yeah, drums sound good, playing well. Mm -hmm. I think we had both realized at that point in the night that everyone is now going to try to play rough drags and left hand oh, yeah. ping shots that's like the flip roughs like open stroke roughs like drag uh oh it's yeah rough yeah it's open rough. stroke rough is like has been has been like the end thing for the past three or four years but like broken city with their indoor show and those left hand shots i feel like just really pop made that like everyone's the new, playing left the new shots. cool fad thing to play a bunch of in your show and it's fine they're cool pick your spots with them i don't hate them Sounds like a shot. There's like four groups. That's where they were playing. Just like isolated left-hand pings. Just three or four in a row. Yeah, there were. Chat. Yep. Chat. It's the it's the new hotness for the summer is the left-hand rim shot. And it is hard. I mean, it's just an yeah. open space attack. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, mm, I get I It's get just funny it. how one, it's like, it's. it's well, that, that Broken City blew up. It was like memes and people oh, making yeah. gifs out all of it and all kinds of stuff. And it's funny. It goes to it goes back to in that same vein of Blue Coats won with an out-of-the-ordinary show last year. Look at what everybody tried to do this year. It's like Broken City had those sweet left-hand shots in their indoor show, and they did really well. Oh, that's really cool. We should write that in our, my book now. Like, It's cool. I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, I, I played my left-hand shots at Blue Coats when I was there and played a bunch of open-stroke roughs, and I'm okay with it pointed out pretty much it's funny how this how that works all right let's see here with these last few yeah outside of oregon crusaders who i thought was probably the best of this last slew of groups yeah so we had oregon crusaders genesis seattle cascades jersey surf and pioneer rounding out the bottom the only one i really want to talk about there is oregon crusaders i think you could have made an argument that they could have beaten spirit and drums oh yeah and pacific Rist, but 
same thing. I think that Oregon could have beaten Spear and Drums. They had, a, I think, a more challenging book. They're playing all those like mac rolls and, mm-hmm. and doing it well too. They were playing, playing well. well, yeah, cutting through. I remember sitting um, there asking Evan. I was like, "Who who teaches there?" We had to look it up. We're like, I don't know. "They're really good." Yeah, they're, who's get, who's got teaching some good that instruction? Group. Good kids going on there. Uh, good for them, man. It's yep. good to see. And that kind of rounds out the recap there. Not a whole lot of curveballs thrown at us from last week to this week. Not um, much shifting. I Crown think... getting dogged a little bit was probably the biggest surprise out of everything. Yeah. Cadets should have actually been in seventh place that last night. Based on or eighth. So, uh, <laughs> potentially eighth, yes, potentially eighth. Um, so, does this does this change your drum trophy predictions at all? I'm 100% on Vanguard. I mean, my point. original predict- prediction was that Vanguard was going to win. So, I'm still going to stick with, I think Vanguard is going to win. I mean, my two through five has changed drastically. I mean, at yes. the beginning of the year, I had Crown and Cadets, or as my, like, two and three. Yep. Or flip-flop, Cadets, Crown, Crown, Cadets. I mean, I still have Crown, probably, in, like, my top three. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, BDs, their magical wisdom of we have people who are talented and just figure it out. They're just playing well, and, yeah. I mean, I said last week that the safe bet for the drum trophy is Vanguard. And then I said, if cavies continue to grow at the rate they've been growing at from a clarity standpoint, they could win a drum trophy with the book they have and everything. I think Vanguard, if they keep doing what they're doing, just made everybody go, cavies who? Yeah, I think, who Van- the, who I think Vanguard is running away with it right now. I would agree. And I, I think it's been long overdue for... Paul Rennick and at one of his groups to win back-to-back drum trophies. Yeah, it's always been alternating years. 06, didn't win in 07. 08, didn't win in 09. 10, didn't win in 11. 12 was uh, BD. BD. That was the one even yeah, number you one didn't win. But then 13 didn't win. 14 they won. 15 they didn't win. 16 they won. So it's like... Who won in 15? Uh, was that BD? <laughs> probably. Oh, Usually gosh. when... When Vanguard doesn't win. But the only one that I'll say that I really... Going back to 07, I was like, man, he, he could have won that year. I heard that they didn't play great on the field, but the group that won in 07 was not good either. That was one of the years Blue Coats probably... An argument could have been made yeah. for Blue Coats to win the trophy that year too. Somehow Blue Devils won in 07. They always do that. When there's no like clear best group, I feel like Blue Devils is just what they default to. Like, all right, fine. BD is the best. Well, speaking of default, I guess... Let's transition that then into like we'll kind of talk a little bit about the overall placements and then like some of like maybe our judging notions on the activity of drum core and the you judging took notes community. from Ben last week with that with that segue that was good that was right smooth in it was there pretty smooth man I'm, yeah. ste- I'm stepping my game up here but so overall Blue Devils and Vanguard one two I saw somewhere on the Twitterverse which means it's probably one hundred percent accurate no doubt of course. <laughs> That that gap between BD and Vanguard was the closest finish in like drum corps history. Now, obviously, that's something I saw on Twitter, but it's cool to think about. It was really, really close. It's like point oh one three six or something, something like, like that. that. Very, very, very small. So very cool that it's such a tight knit race there. And then you had a big jump to Crown at third which I think is probably a little bit too big. And part of that is probably because they got dogged in percussion because they were fifth in percussion but third overall. So bump that ca- those captions up, and that's going to close the gap between second and third. But you and I have talked about this before 
just kind of going back and forth, spitballing about how we think it's intentionally designed that the judging community will keep certain gaps in the race close during the course of a season to like build intrigue and excitement. Oh yeah. They're building a storyline. Yeah. They need a storyline. And I think this year will be akin to the 2008 year when Phantom won with Spartacus and they won by like 0.025 or something. They came into finals week, like in fourth and swung yeah, up to first and, or something. Yeah. first cause that show was awesome and they were really, really good. I think they're setting up a situation like that for Vanguard and BD this summer. I think they're building, a, they're building, they're developing a narrative and they are, I think we're going to see over the next, the last two weeks, yes, two weeks of the season left, last two weeks, Vanguard is going to beat BD by an extremely small margin once or twice to like, oh man, it's possible. It's possible. Build Vanguard could do this. But then quarters and semis, BD is going to beat them. And finals night, they'll have Vanguard beat them by like that .013 margin or something. And... More than likely, I can see that happening. I think that's exactly what they're doing because I'm a drum corps judging conspiracy theorist. I think they they plan who's going to win based on what direction they want the activity to go in, which is kind of crappy. I think the... Um, I mean, there's proof of that. I mean, I don't want to... I will go as far as to say this. You look at the recap from finals last year. The Blue Coast didn't win a single caption except GE. Put your tinfoil hats on for a second there, everybody. Um, I'm just putting that out there. I was waiting a little while to put it out there, but just putting that out there. I, I think I think DCI wanted the activity to go in this direction and pushing the blue coats as the winner. Now I'm not saying they weren't good and weren't potentially deserving of that gold medal. I'm an alumni. I think they were very good last year. Very, very good. But if you look at the recap, it's a, it's a little suspicious. A little suspicious. Looks a little suspicious. I think that it's good to question it like that, and I don't think that it's out of the question to think that the judging community in DCI is politically charged and like there's motivations to do certain things and keep the activity entertaining and changing, um, especially knowing some of the things that I know from being on a performer standpoint and like hearing things that are told to staff members when they're in critique by judges like. Oh, what you guys are doing is is way better than what everyone else is doing. But then looking at the recap, and it's like, well, you had us in second, so you clearly didn't think that. And then the judges being like, well, I just I just had to put the other group head. It's like, what what, what, that, does, what that does that mean? even mean? Like, what, what are you saying mean? right now? And like hearing stuff where like judges go into contests and they've had emails sent out to them like, hey guys, remember we got to keep the spreads close tonight. Why? Why do you have to keep the spreads close? What if one group completely tanks and one group does does really well? Like, no. One could argue they do. They say that maybe because everybody can have one off night. But then, if that's truth, the next show they're at, that gap will be closed again. If that was just an off night, so I also want to put out there: if any of our friends listening to this stop hearing from us and we stop uploading these, you know what happened. <laughs> DCI is coming after us. They got to us. But they, I mean, whatever. I mean, we heard from people. Like you said, Mike, like late last year in like the middle of the season, like, oh, it's already been decided. Blue Coats are going to win. And I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. No, no. But there were rumors of that sprinkling around like, just like, yep, Blue Coats are going to win. It's like, what? It's like July 10th. 
How do you mean a lot of that? Could just be like, oh, I just like so and so told me that they think they're gonna win, or so and so told me that they think they're going. But at the same time, it's like if you're in a position where you judge, like, or you know people that do, like, you shouldn't say stuff like that out loud. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It doesn't um, sound good. And I don't want this to come off as to become like a a bash fest of the blue coats last year, saying they didn't deserve that gold medal. Because I think they do. I think I think they were good enough to win a gold medal. But like I said, I've always been, even when I was marching, a a drum corps judging conspiracy theorist. And it just looking at that recap, it makes you think like, oh, they're second in every caption, but they won GE by enough to win. And that's how the scores are weighted that that happened. Like I said, their percussion section was very good last year. The horn line was very good. They, the visual package was very good. The show was very exciting. Like, I'm not sitting here saying the Blue Coats didn't deserve that gold medal because I have friends that were in that group. I'm an alumni. I'm not going to sit here and say that because I don't think that. I don't think they were undeserving of it. But I think it just contributes to that whole idea of, oh, they came out and did something new, which was potentially refreshing for the activity, preventing it from getting stale. And then they... Just so happened to win. Yeah. By not winning any caption, but GE. And I think some of, not even as much as like conspiracy with like the judging community too, but this could probably be said for any judge in any caption. They have critique after the shows and stuff. And then if you have somebody coming at you, a Colin McNutt, a Tom Ongst, and they're mad at the placement you gave them, and they're coming at you as a judge, like, why did you put me here? Blah, blah, blah. You didn't read this right. You didn't read this right. And they're just like, they're angry about their score and they're like complaining to you about not doing a good job judging their group, then that stuff is going to be in the back of your head the next time you go out. Like Scott Johnson comes up and is complaining to so-and-so like, you missed this, you didn't get out on the field for this, like you didn't blah, 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 you missed this moment, you missed that moment. Then the next night you go out to judge, you're like, oh, I guess I got better get out here for this. And you have that stuff, I'm sure, in the back of your head, like I got to make sure I get this in there and judge it. Mm-hmm. Uh so, like, it's almost like turns into a who complained the most at the <laughs> last night's critique so to make sure that their group gets a better read the next night or something. Which, I guess, as and a that, part of a staff member, is your responsibility. Like, you got to tell the judge, like, you got to get out there for this. This is the moment you're missing. But that could go into that whole thing of, and I mentioned it a little bit last week, about a core's name hurting a certain segment of the group like the percussion session not getting the benefit of the doubt in situations because it's like oh it's just the blue stars or oh it's just it's just the crossmen so if like a judge whereas what i mean by that is if a judge like drum corps drill is complicated and the judges obviously don't know the drill by heart so there's going to be times where they might be out of position to read something properly and as with bigger groups i mean i've heard it on judges tapes that i've listened to in groups that I was in and in groups my friends were in, like top groups. You listen to it and the recording of the tape sounds like they chowed it. And they will literally just say, I've heard a judge say before, oh, I must have been out of position for that. And I think groups that are bigger names in the activity get a little more leeway when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Where the judges might think, oh, they're really good. I had to have been out of position for that because the rest of what they played was really good before that. It's like, no, a guy could have just missed an attack or a guy could have whatever. Yeah. And those lower groups, I don't think, like having a name like the Crossman 
might not get, bring with it as much of that benefit of the doubt when a judge is legitimately or not legitimately out of position for a role or whatever. It's, I think that does go on. I think that, I think the name and what uniform you're wearing impacts judges' opinions. And I think it'd be really cool for like next season. I think we talked about this like on the very, the second episode First or something. Second. If, cause all these uniforms now are different based on the show. You don't really know who's who um, until you like hear the name announced or look at the schedule and the order and you're watching it. If they didn't tell the judges who was who, like it would be really hard to do this legitimately, like logistically to keep them from finding out from friends what uniforms are which. And if you could have the first like two shows of the summer be blind, like just they don't know who the core is. They just get a show name and they watch it and judge it. It would be interesting. I mean, I think it would be fun to do that. About halfway through the show, you'd be like, oh, this is the Blue Devils, because everybody knows how they write. Or be like, oh, this yeah, is the... this is Rennick. This because, is Rennick, because everybody knows how it's like... Yeah, it wouldn't be easy to pull it off, but if there was some way cool. to do that, it'd be really cool to see if things got shaken up, or if... It's definitely cool in theory. Oh. I agree. As a hypothetical, I think it'd be awesome. So, but... But yeah, overall, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds, the overall winners, seeing if Vanguard and BD kind of flip-flop, and then flip back, and then Vanguard takes over. At yeah. the very end, on the last night, and triumphant victory. That's the storyline I think they're building because I think Vanguard's show is a lot more demanding. I think it's a lot cooler. I and I think Mandarins will get into the top twelve. I don't know if they've ever been. I don't know that, but DCI like, does like that narrative of like, oh, this group finally made finals. Like they snuck into twelve in. after semis night and like earned that spot. That's another narrative they can build and market. Because I remember it was either like. 2009 or 2010, like, Troopers got in there, and either they hadn't been in for a really long time, or it was the first time. I think I remember that, yeah. And everybody's like, whoa! Yeah, yeah. Digging it, but... Well, that's... That's our recap. And our little tinfoil hat moment there. Yeah. I knew that that was going to happen at some point on one of these, that (laughs) tinfoil hat was going to come out, and we were going to kind of be like, eh, the judges are a little suspicious. Yeah. A little suspicious. It, It is suspicious. But the last thing, like we said earlier, there were six groups that just randomly weren't there last night. And it be I know Allentown is a two-day regional, but usually they like split up the top eight. So like one, three, five, and seven, like all the odd number placements will go on Saturday. And well, I don't know how to yeah, do Yeah, they that. don't put them all on one night. But like the show tonight is in like North Carolina. Yeah, there's like, and, I think it's like Night Beat or Crown Beat. Or yeah, something. oddly though, those six groups that were all missing from the Atlanta Regional yesterday are performing at the show in North Carolina with the top eight. So maybe it is like a pseudo... I don't know. If anyone knows why the Mandarins, Colts, Crossmen, Scouts, Boston, and Troopers weren't there, Last send, night, send us an email. But are there tonight? <laughs> put a comment on the YouTube video, something, or the Facebook group, whatever. Because I'm curious. And we... Texted a few people to try to find out. It's like, hey, why, why weren't you guys at the show last night? I was like, I don't know, man. I really it's a good don't question. Know. But We're we not... had a good rehearsal day. I was like, well, all right. So I don't know what the deal with that was. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen not everybody be at like Allentown, Atlanta, San Antonio. San Antonio. Like that's like the regionals. That's like you have to be at those. So if anyone knows, but let us know. 
Yeah, today a little bit shorter. We just didn't want to beat too much of a dead horse yeah, uh, I think, with the same stuff we've done last week. Yep. I think now the next one after this one, we will take a week off because I have an exam to study for over the next two weeks. And uh, I don't think... Real life. <laughs> yeah, I don't think schedule-wise we'll be able to meet up and watch the two-day regional in, in Allentown next week and then do one of these. So the next one we upload will be post-finals. Yeah, the plan is to go up right now at least and watch semis inside mm-hmm. because it's cheaper. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, check out some finals lots and uh, on Saturday. Really get to see some stuff live. So we get to finally see if we we're just stupid and being fooled by the internet or if we were spot on on what we were reading through the television set. Trolled by flow marching. Yeah, right. Which has trolled me before. The last night's cast was great, but San Antonio, I was about to I was about to have a meltdown. <laughs> what was wrong with? I didn't. Or no, know. not the San Antonio. It was uh, it was the two days before. It was one of them the before San Antonio. Yeah. No, before San. Oh, it was before San Antonio. Like the sound like went out, and I was like, "All right, guys, that sucks." Yep, yeah, I guess we'll plan on seeing everybody here in a couple weeks. Yep, yeah, yeah. As always, uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, like the Facebook page at facebook.com/slash Aged Out Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. Do we have the Twitter account really running yet? The Twitter is going, but uh, hasn't been as uh, maintenanced as Instagram. Yeah, so, so Instagram's definitely leading the charge. But I would really go to Facebook and Instagram, and Instagram is just look up H Out Podcast. Like we said, you can always find the newest uh, episode in the bio of yep. the Instagram. We always have a link to the most recent one there. Uh, other than that, we'll see everybody in two weeks. Peace.